Hey guys, welcome back to Fireside Bears. It's me, Max Smith, with special guest Sam Boy with Fireside Bears. You can follow him on Twitter at Shy Sports Sam. You can follow me on Twitter at Max Smith DSM. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at Fireside Bears as well. Subscribe if you like. Today we're going to be talking about the head coaching carousels sensation across Chicago right now. Matt Nagy's out. He's old news. We're entering 2022. That whole 2020-2021 mistake that happened on the planet Earth happened to include Matt Nagy. We're all still trying to figure out the whys of what happened, but we're also trying to figure out what's next after Matt Nagy, and that's getting Bears fans really excited because there's really nothing else to get excited about at this point. So we're going to break down three coaching candidates that has Bears fans buzzing right now. That's Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, and Leslie Frazier. Now, Sam, you're pretty outspoken about most of these guys. I'm really outspoken about one of them. Uh, but let's jump right into this. Who gets you most excited out of these three names? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with Harbaugh, and there's a few reasons why. Um, so my brother's a Michigan fan, and so I've been following Michigan football pretty like exclusively. I, I go to a Division three school. My you know my, my football team's pretty good, but like I, I never really get into like the – you know, it's conversation of college football talk with all my siblings because all my siblings went to like big name schools, Michigan, Texas A&M, Florida State. So I'm always kind of just like, you know, I got a, I got a foot in the, each of those uh, doors and stuff. But Harbaugh is so fascinating because obviously former Bear, former Bears quarterback, um, you know, has experience in the league. Um, and this year is, is, you know, really starting to pick up some steam. You know, they beat Ohio State. They're in the college playoffs there. You know, that game is not coming up on Friday and stuff. And uh, I just think between all three of these candidates, I like the idea of the connections Harbaugh has. I like the idea of going to a college quarterback or excuse me, college coach that also has some NFL experience. I also just am not super intrigued by the other two candidates. It's, it's almost, it's not necessarily picking the less of three evils, but it's more just kind of like, you got your three basic ice cream flavors. Which one do you like the most? That's kind of what I compare this to. And I just think Harbaugh is the most intriguing pick for me. And, and obviously he has come out before and said, I would absolutely consider the Chicago Bears job. I don't know how realistic it is he's going to leave Michigan at this point, especially now that Michigan's in the college playoffs. But if he were to somehow want to come back to the league, I think of these three, I think Harbaugh gets me the most intrigued. Right. Yeah. No, like uh, the ice cream analogy is really good. Right. It's like that um, you, going back to Baskin Robbins when you're since you're remembering your favorite ice cream flavor as a kid and you're like, well, good. So, yeah, I have my standbys, but my favorite is that Rocky Road that I used to get all the time. So, John, you know, um, Jim Harbaugh gives kind of that familiarity aspect for the organization. And I think from the business standpoint, when we look at the numbers game and the finance game, it makes a lot of sense uh, for the for the McCaskies to look at this because, one, you're going to get a lot of loyal fans that are back into the conversation because there's a lot of guys who grew up watching Harbaugh as a kid, you know, take snaps at the Chicago Bears. Um, he's a familiar guy. A lot of guys in the area are still close with him. Um, he's pretty close with Northwestern head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Um, there's, there's just a lot of connections to the region with him. And, you know, it would kind of complete the one-two for him because he obviously played quarterback as a Wolverine at UM, and then he could potentially come back and coach the Bears, which he also played quarterback for. So that would be kind of nice. Um, I, I, I really do like Jim out of out of this list and out of other lists that we're going to be talking about because um, this list is just going to keep growing and growing and growing as the carousel keeps spinning and spinning. I like Jim because he proves people wrong, right? 
I mean, you, a lot of people said exactly your point, which is, well, he got Michigan into the college football playoffs. He was finally able to beat Ohio State. He's finally able to put together a pretty good recruiting class, right? There's all of this. There, there was a lot of hate coming out of University of Michigan football fans for a long time at Coach Harbaugh over, you know, he's not able to get the intangibles done. We're University of Michigan. We're supposed to be one of the, if not the best, you know, uh, Big Ten team out there. We're always supposed to stick it out to the Ohio State or at least be competitive. And they've been blown out of the water every other year from recruitment all the way to, to the field. So there's been nothing but, you know, disrespect towards towards the Harbaugh's uh, over the past couple of years from the University of Michigan fans. And of course, you know, to a certain extent, trash talk is okay. But it, it seems like a, a little strange for me that they finally find success at the University of Michigan. And now everybody's automatically praising Jim Harbaugh and is calling him, you know, to, to return, to come back, to not leave. It just seems a little strange to me that you, you, you lose, you lose, you lose, you want a new guy. And then the second you find success, you're like, wait, no, this was our guy. So what, what Jim Harbaugh is really good at is, is culture and is, and is good at turning, beating expectations, which I think is something that the Bears need to bring back into the locker room. Because if you've looked at any of the player interviews, you looked at any of the player interactions on social media over the past couple of weeks, it's very clear that the players have a really strong rapport with one another, that though there may be an overall leadership problem within the organization, the players seem to really enjoy playing with each other and they really seem to be there for each other. So if you bring in a guy who's 100% culture, 100% bought into the idea of what Chicago Bears football is, because he's also close friends with, with the ownership. So, that, that's why I like Jim, right? He checks all the boxes for me. And like you mentioned, which is absolutely crucial, is he's incredibly connected. And what he did when he took the head coaching job over at San Francisco was he handpicked his coaching staff, right? And one of those individuals just happened to be a Mr. Vic Fangio. So he has that expertise and he's able to be, he's really smart when it comes to football, right? And he's really smart when it comes to leadership. So it's not like we need some sort of defensive or offensive savant. We need more of a culture guy who's able to put people in the right places because I feel like we have all of the necessary parts to have a successful team, you know, m minus one or two issues here and there that could be tightened up. But I, we, I, we just need a guy to come in and start kicking some tail and saying, you know, this is, this is where the parts need to go. And it's, you know, maybe, maybe one thing that might keep him away is the fact that we drafted a Ohio state quarterback who uh, absolutely decimated his team last year. But, right. But more, I mean, that's more of a jokingly aside thing. I, I don't know if you can lure him back to the NFL, though. I, I think mm -hmm. he took a gamble when restructuring his contract with Michigan. It's paying dividends right now. Um, I believe he won AP Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. But, like, it, it's going to be tough to try to lure him back in. What I can say is, obviously, Chicago's a big market, um, arguably the biggest. Um, they got some cat space to work with. Uh, again, they have the connections there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think allowing him to handpick his staff again would be crucial because I know the intrigue with a lot of these young OCs and these, you know, up and coming defensive coordinators and, and some of these, you know, we're going to talk about some, some older guys here, but you know, I understand that everyone wants the next Sean McVay. I understand that. I get it. Everyone wants the next Matt LaFleur. Everyone wants the next Kyle Shanahan, whatever. I'm not totally opposed to the idea of, well, the bears are an old, old school organization, why not bring an old school guy in? And again, I think he absolutely checks off a lot of the things in terms of culture and bringing a team together. And honestly, I just don't think he's going to try to outsmart people like Nagy does, because I think Nagy believes he's the smartest man in the entire world. And look where that's gotten him. 
it it definitely excites me to the thought of like if Harbaugh comes in, like who's gonna be joining him? Because I think whenever a a head coach from another organization in the league joins somewhere, he brings people with him. You know, we I think we saw that with Brandon Staley, he kind of poached some of our coaches. He's poached coaches from everywhere else this year when he joined, you know, became the Chargers head coach. So it would be interesting to see like who is Jim gonna bring in from other organizations and ultimately like I think the Bears kind of need someone with a lot more experience. I think that with Nagy, it was a little bit of a shot in the dark. He was the OC, the Andy Reid tree. I understand the thought process. But I think with Jim, it's like, you know, he's got the college experience. He's been in the league. He's succeeded in the league. Like, is he able to come back with a Bears roster? To your point, Max, that is one or two pieces away from absolutely being a playoff team again. So I think Jim is absolutely, of these three guys, the number one on my list personally. Yeah, 100%. And before we hop over into somebody else, I uh, just want to circle back to that contract discussion because that's the reality, right? We love to play our own little franchise owner in Madden, but unfortunately there are things called legal contracts um, that, that usually impede these things. Uh, an interesting, interesting uh, fact about Jim Harbaugh's contract is just how low his base salary is. Uh, the extension that he had just signed in January of 2021, so a little over, sorry, a little under a year ago now, um, gave basically him an opportunity to prove his worth to University of Michigan, that they cut his base salary drastically uh, and added a bunch of incentives uh, and, and kind of compensation bonuses. Uh, so, for example, if he goes to the college football semifinal, he gets an extra $500,000 paycheck, Right. Um, or if he wins national coach of the year, he gets a $75,000 paycheck. So there's a bunch of incentives within that contract. Um, but the buyout is only $2 million as of this year. And I say only with an asterisk, right? Because in terms of NFL head coaching, you know, that's, it's still somewhat of a penny, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's kind of a drop in the bucket. Um, so there's definitely, it, it's not like the contract that would be the main thing holding uh, University of Michigan and Jim Harbaugh separating. There would be, of course, multiple other factors, but it, it's really hard to see if, if an NFL team goes out there, says, hey, we'd really like you to come, you know, be a part of our franchise. We have young stud players. We have a good amount of, you know, cap space in the future. We're letting you mold your own front office. It's really hard to imagine that Jim Harbaugh, who's like you said at the very beginning of the show, has openly on the record said that he would love to come back to the NFL and that he would be interested in coaching the Chicago bears say no to that. But that's the last bit on that. We're going to hop over into Twitter's favorite pick right now, which is new Orleans head coach Sean Payton. Before I go on my tangent, give me your uh, five cents on him. I'm going to be brief on it because I really want to hear what you have to say, because uh, we were talking pre-show and, and I, you know, I mentioned like, I know you are very much against this move and, and I actually don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Sean Payton's interesting because I think when we talk about the Chicago bears, we talk about the general manager, Ryan Pace, right? Uh, a person who may be back with the bears in 2022, his fate is very much in, in the clouds and the smoke. Um, one thing that Pace does, I, I saw this on Twitter, and I actually really liked this. I, I'm not sure who brought it up, um, but Ryan Pace, when he makes a mistake, he oversells to fix it. 2019, they realized they needed to fix the kicking situation. They brought in like 15 kickers. 2020, they realized they needed to fix the tight end situation. They went and they signed Jimmy Graham to too much money. They drafted a tight end early in Cole Komet. 2021, okay, the quarterback situation is not working. We're going to overpay Andy Dalton, and we're going to trade up to go get a very, very good young quarterback in Justin Fields, and that's going to be our quarterback room. 
Is it crazy to think that Ryan Pace, if back in 22, realizing the head coach was the situation, would he oversell and try to go get a Sean Payton? Sean Payton, I believe, is under contract for at least another three years, maybe. I, I could absolutely be wrong. I haven't looked that stuff up. Who is Sean Payton, though? I, I, you know, we've seen success in New Orleans. I, I you know. This year, you know, he's had a – the one thing that I think a lot of people aren't realizing is that they were showing a stat on Monday Night Football and they were playing the Dolphins. Most of Sean Payton's career, he has had, I think, four starting quarterbacks in his 15 seasons with the Orioles or whatever, most of it being Drew Brees. This season alone, he has rotated between Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, and Ian Buck on Monday Night Football. I think ultimately, when we talk about coaches that can get the most out of their quarterback – does Sean Payton get the most out of his quarterbacks? I think that's something that Bears fans don't really realize. Is like, I'm not saying that as a huge critical thing, but what's happened with the with the four with the excuse me the the Saints quarterback room is is crazy. I'm not disagreeing with that. COVID's been crazy. Jameis tearing his ACL was bad, but you know that offense on Monday Night Football did nothing to help Ian Book. They didn't really do a lot to address their weapons. When Michael Thomas went out, they didn't make a move to try to go get someone to be the solution. You know, they obviously have Alvin Kamara, who's absolutely fantastic, a brilliant young running back. I feel like he is still kind of riding off the coattails of Drew Brees a little bit. Again, Sean Payton, it's, I understand his history with the league, his success with the league. I don't know if you can convince the Saints to quote-unquote trade for him I know that's something you can do and I also don't know if you can convince him to leave New Orleans on his current contract to come to the Chicago Bears now does Justin Fields make it more intriguing does the potential for the big market make it more intriguing yeah I'm gonna kind of end it here though I just don't think it's very realistic I think it's a lot of smoke with the media right now but Max I I would love to hear what you have to say next because I, I, I'm very, very intrigued. I, I like your comments on Peyton because I actually think you bring a lot of really good criticism. I'm bringing the floor back to you. Right. Yeah. No, uh, before I hop into that on the game side, absolutely. You're 100% correct. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot to like watching, you know, the saints from 2005 to 2016, 17, 18, right. Um, the consistencies in that has been Drew Brees has been um, fantastic p- talent at the wideout position, fantastic talent at the running back position, uh, a fantastic defense that's been able to help the offense, complementary football. The Saints have been a really good team over the past decade or so. And that's not just because of Sean Payton, right? Like, fortunately, he's been in a position where he's had ridiculous amounts of talent surrounding him. So, I mean, I don't want to make that comparison, but there's, for me, I kind of equate Sean Payton's success a little bit to that of Mike McCarthy, right? Like Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring, so does Sean Payton, um, but they also happen to have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time uh, and an abundance of talent surrounding them. And the second that that talent goes away, they start having a, a little hard time coaching in the professional football league. So, and we've been saying this, like Bears fans have been saying this for years, and it's just a coaching moniker, like you said, good coaches make talent, right? Like they, they use the opportunities, uh, the talent that they've been given and put them in good positions to succeed. That's something we've said on the show a million times that Matt Nagy just doesn't do very well. And that's something that I don't know if Sean Payton does very well. Now he's a fantastic play caller. His schemes are fin- are, are genius and great. Um, I will never take that away from Sean Payton, 
But my number one complaint and my number one issue is in a league that's trying its best to, to recompense for terrible things that organizations have done. For a fan that a fan base that holds itself to an incredibly high standard that the Chicago Bears fan base and organization does, right? Why would we ever bring in Sean Payton, a guy who is incredibly known for creating a ridiculously toxic locker room environment that's had the DEA, DEA bust down the doors and investigate? Like I have people, I've had arguments with people on, on Twitter. I'm not really arguments, just more me reading and, and shaking my head. But the the whole argument is. Sean Payton doesn't know about these things or he's not complicit with these things. He's the head coach of a professional football team. There's really little that anything goes by him that he doesn't know. I mean, we, we talk about the, the bounty gate, right? You're telling me Sean Payton didn't know about bounty gate either. This man was literally paying or not him directly, but the organization was paying players to hurt other players that like say what you will. That's incredibly scum stuff. That's not Chicago bears football. That's not acceptable in the NFL. And, and to openly embrace a guy who openly embraced that is incredible. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to me for, for us to try to even pretend that that's okay. But, Oh yeah, let's, let's take, let's bring in a guy who's notoriously bad and has, has tons of scandals, et cetera, et cetera. But Hey, it's okay. He, he knows when to call fourth down conversion. Or, hey, he, he knows when to call the right red zone play. Like, at the end of the day, I'm not okay with that. Like, that doesn't sit right with me. I'd, I'd rather have still a, a genuinely nice guy, a genuinely good guy who may be in a little bit over his head, right? Like, that's how I feel about, about Coach Nagy is he's a genuinely good guy. Like, I can't argue that. His, his, his candor with, with media, his candor with, with players and, and fans – has been has been overwhelmingly positive. Yes, he may not be the greatest coach on the field, but we can't criticize him personally. We criticize him for his coaching. We can criticize Sean Payton personally and for his coaching, which I think is a is a unique thing in the NFL because typically uh, those coaches don't last very long. Uh, they, they they have a hard time finding a job. So. That's my two cents when it comes to Sean Payton. I'll never discredit his offensive ability. I'll never discredit, you know, his wins and his Super Bowl that he has. Um, but I will most certainly discredit his personal character because that's something I don't want in an organization that is searching for a culture, by the way. They're desperately, they're, they're hungry for some sort of leader to come in and share that culture, that vision for tomorrow. And I it just, you know, we love rough and tough football. We, we love you know, that monsters of the midways mentality, but I can't, I just can't like sleep at night knowing that Mr. Bounty gate, it would be head coach of the Chicago bears. It just, it hurts me personally, deeply. No, I, I'm really glad you brought that all up because when the, when the Sean Payton buzz began, a lot of people on Twitter, and again, we're both pretty rooted in bears Twitter at this point. We, we see what people are saying. A lot of people were very positive about it. And I, I saw kind of some of the stuff you were saying. And I was like, this is a lot of things that I think absolutely get swept under the rug sometimes. I mean, it was stuff I forgot about. I'll be completely honest. You talk about the that culture and the kind of the toxicity of it. Let's talk about that Saints defense a little bit. I mean, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson the most, uh, you know, not vulgar, I want to say, but like he is the guy that is going to be absolutely undisciplined. And we saw it last year. Two separate Bears players fought him. Yeah. Bears wide receiver coach, his name escapes me literally said to them when they were getting ready for the playoff game, you need to stay away from this guy. He is going to get the worst out of you, and look what happened. I mean, 
undisciplined players, that comes directly from the coach. And it's sometimes a criticism I have of Coach Nagy, but I like the point that you brought. Like, when Nagy came in in 2018, the culture that he brought with him was fantastic. Club dub was a fun thing that fans were able to watch and witness their team. Players were enjoying themselves. And again, I think we've lost some of that with the Bears kind of starting to be on the decline. But you have to credit Nagy for bringing some of those concepts in, for for making this old franchise fun. So I think with Sean Payton, again, I want to talk back about getting the most out of his talent when his talent isn't necessarily top tier in the league. I don't like making comparisons a lot, but I do it just because it helps. Let's talk the Baltimore Ravens really quickly. Uh, a Harbaugh brother who was leading that team for some time. The Ravens offense went into last Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals with a quarterback that they signed from the team, I think on Wednesday, Josh Johnson. They had no Tyler Huntley. They had no Lamar Jackson. What does Johnson do? He scores on the first possession that they have. He ends up the game with almost, I think, 300 passing yards and two touchdowns. The Ravens got killed. I'm not discrediting the fact that the Ravens got killed. They have a third-string secondary right now. They are struggling with injuries. They have been struggling with injuries all season and have, for most of the season, been able to compete in their division. And I don't necessarily think they're out of their division yet in terms of playoffs. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender. But what their coaching staff is able to get the most out of guys like Tyler Huntley, who, if the Ravens don't retain, should absolutely go and get money in free agency this year. I think there are teams that are going to sought out after him. They have been able to improve Lamar Jackson as a passer. I think Lamar Jackson is a very, very fun quarterback to watch. He still struggles with some things, but he is so much better than what he was as a rookie. And then you go and sign a guy off the Jets practice squad who gets the most out of your offense. Talk about their running back room a little bit. They lost their entire running back room before the season even began, and they make Devontae Freeman look like a decent running back again. And they've been able to utilize guys like a Le'Veon Bell, who I know isn't longer on the roster, and Latavius Murray. So I don't like making comparisons, but the reason why I bring that up is your head coach makes talent when talent isn't there. I'm not saying they produce wins. I'm not saying that they make a a depleted roster, a Super Bowl caliber roster. But what teams are able to do, you, you can talk about Bill Belichick last year. He lost his entire defense to COVID opt-outs. Or this year. I mean, it's not like they have a lot of you know, stunners out there. No. And they had a corpse of Cam Newton as their starting quarterback and they got seven wins. Like at some point, I'm not saying like these coaches should be given so much credit. I'm not saying that, but when you look at a coach's legacy and you look at the talent they've had and the talent that they don't have coaches adjust and they make the most of what they've got. And it's been a criticism, I think of Nagy, but I also think it's a criticism of Sean Payton. You bring that combined with the ethical stuff. Is he really that intriguing of a coaching option? I, I just think Bears fans need to look at it both ways. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of hype, really. Um, you just smoke and mirrors at this point, you know. And I, and like to your point, the contract situation. There's really no incentive for Sean to leave um, outside of him just simply not wanting to coach a team that he basically built right at this point uh, that just doesn't have quarterback. So. Really no reason to leave. It kind of makes him look like a quitter if he dies. Uh, so it's kind of a bad situation for him regardless. But we will certainly keep our eye on that. And our last uh, intriguing candidate today is current Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, former Minnesota Vikings head coach, Leslie Frazier. Now, this has been an interesting one. We've seen a couple of reports with his name connected. 
the uh, Tribune actually put out an editorial piece in the sports section about why Leslie Fazer should be given a look at becoming the Chicago Bears new head coach. This is like, you know, you're going out to buy a brand new car, right? And you're not sure what car to buy. You've driven the same brand of car for 20 years, the same model of cars for 20 years. You test drive three other different cars, but you decide to go buy the new model of that trusted brand that you've driven for 20 plus years. That's exactly what Brendan, uh, sorry, Leslie Frazier is. Brendan Frazier, great actor, but that's exactly what Leslie Frazier is. Um, he's just an old standby, right? And that's no disrespect. Leslie Frazier is a defensive minded guru who gets the most out of his players. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're a Bears fan that loves defense, that loves defensive-minded coaches, that loves guys who inspire people in the locker room, that's, you know, he's, he's also a culture guy, um, then Leslie Frazier is your guy. You know, he's not flashy. No, he's not a big personality, um, but he gets results. So what are your takes on Leslie Frazier? It's it's interesting because I, I really like the analogy you used there, and I don't disagree with it. I actually think it's a really good way to visualize that. Obviously, I understand the thought process. Frazier was a huge part of the Bears' 85 Super Bowl run. Um, very, very well connected in the league in terms of just where he's been. He's He's been all over the place. I, I think Buffalo's defense this year has been very sporadic. Like They've had very good games, and I think there's been games where they've just been gutted. And it, it, I think overall, though, there's been some consistency there. Um, I, I don't really know how to feel about it because it it seems like a very bears move to do i could see the organization saying we took a shot on an offensive coordinator a younger guy you know somebody who's never been a head coach maybe we need to go back to our roots with a frazier bring in somebody who knows this organization kind of similar to harbaugh but just you know has been you know it's a similar thing i i think frazier it's it's not a sexy pick. It's not a great option. I think ultimately it's like a, we missed out on options one and two. Here's option three. If I can be completely honest, if they're going to go after the Buffalo bills, I'm going to be completely honest. I'd rather see a Brian Dable or a Ken Dorsey quarterbacks coach. Like I'd rather go offensive minded and I'd rather go after someone in that bills organization who isn't someone that's been connected with the bears before. Because again, Frazier isn't really that sexy of a pick. It is very much a not safe, but like, you know, you're getting what you know out of Frazier. And, and again, I, I like his defensive concepts. I like his defensive mindset. You know, I think if they brought him in, I think he could get the most out of the defensive talent with hopefully Sean Desai back. But it just seems like the Bears being stuck in the past and always being two steps behind everybody. And just kind of, you know, living in the past and never looking to the future, which is very, very Chicago Bears. So I'm very like eh, on it, if I can yeah. put it in a phrase. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And, you know, my, my biggest worry with Leslie Frazier um, isn't his performance as a head coach. You know, people are going to point to his years in Minnesota and say, well, there's a reason he's not a head coach in the NFL. He only had one winning season out of four um, after like a three and 13 season and a five and 10 uh, he went, he went 10 and six, which was good. I think he had a tie as well in there. Um, but you, you know, at the end of the day, what really does concern me about Leslie Frazier is lack of connections that most likely Bill Lazor will be gone with Matt Nagy and a good amount of that offensive brain trust that they built. Um, say that lightly. 
but there's there's going to be a lot of positions open in the Chicago front office, specifically in the coaching room over this offseason. And what the Bears need to center on is a guy like Harbaugh, uh, is a guy, you know, I'll give credit to Peyton, who has built a lot of connections over his years um, and has coached a pretty big tree. Leslie Frazier hasn't had that opportunity. So if there's one knock on his resume, it's going to be that. Um, it's not like there's a whole lot of offensive guys that he could bring in at the end of the day. I think Bill Musgraves was his offensive coordinator when he was uh, with Minnesota. So it's not like he was with the brightest minds in the offensive side of football. Um, no disrespect to Bill Musgraves. You know, he, he had some success here and there. Um, but but when, it, when it comes to, um, yeah, like that, that's really kind of my only criticism about the Leslie Frazier pick. Like I have no really other doubts. He's built – a top five defensive unit in the NFL at his time in Buffalo with pretty much scraps to begin with. Right. I mean, look at Buffalo's trajectory and it's not like they have gone out and big, big name free agency acquisitions or traded for a bunch of draft capital on a rebuild. Like, no, he used what he had, um, which, which wasn't terrible to begin with, but they weren't any all-star knockout names. Right. So that's pretty, pretty impressive for, for Leslie Frazier. And he also has some relationship with Lloyd Smith, uh, and his time at Tampa Bay. Um, so that's something that's also there as well. I highly doubt Levy Smith's going to be anywhere but Houston again next season. He's done a pretty good job with that organization. Um, you know, I'd like to see Levy with another head coach job, but I don't know if that's going to happen in the NFL. Not that, not saying that I love him back in Chicago, though. That would be interesting. Maybe he at least gets an interview. Um, but that would be really going back in time, right? So there's that. But no, Leslie Frazier is definitely one to keep on the radar. Um, the way that the Bears work, I guarantee you, we're probably going to think it's like Harbaugh or or Dable, and then at the last second, they're going to announce Leslie Frazier. So don't be too shocked if this isn't what happens at the end of the day, because this is such a Bears thing to do. Um, but definitely one to keep your eye on, definitely one to consider moving forward. So with that being said, uh, that's our list today, guys. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We're going to come out with a couple more episodes like these to run down more potential head coaching candidates for the Chicago Bears as the offseason starts to accelerate here. We have officially a week and a half left, well, two games really, uh, until the NFL regular season is officially over. And then we get to sit in our hands and watch tape and look at new head coaches for, gosh, six, seven months. Uh, but it'll definitely be a fun offseason. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. Bears have a bunch of cap and a bunch of players to re-sign. So make sure you hit that subscribe. Make sure you turn on notifications if you're interested. Make sure you follow Sam on Twitter. Here we go. Make sure you follow myself on Twitter. You can look at our links down on the ticket below uh, and make sure that you stay tuned. And uh, definitely have a great New Year's. We're recording this uh, right before New Year's. So have a happy New Year's and make sure to bear down. Thank you, guys. Yeah.